Okay, so I have a little video. Life isn't static, is it? It ebbs and it flows and, and people grow up and move away and graduate and lose their jobs and, and people that you love die and things aren't how they were. There is this impulse to long for how it used to be. You know, back when we were starting out, back when it was the first time, back when everything was new, but it's not. I mean, how much energy do people spend wishing things were how they were? When we're still holding on to how things were, our arms aren't free to embrace today. Okay, well, I can't stop it. Life. Uh, just play it again. You can just go to the next slide. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how many of you resonate with this feeling, but I definitely do. I definitely wish things were how they were sometimes. Back when life was, or at least felt, less complicated, back when life felt easier, back when I was in college and I didn't really have any responsibilities except to feed myself and maybe go to class if I wanted to. I could drive anywhere I wanted to in the middle of the night and go to Carl's Jr. and hang out with my, my, my buds and do whatever. Life definitely seemed uh, simpler easier to manage. I got married and I had kids and it became ever much more complex. And not that I feel trapped, Erica, <laughs> watching on the video, I don't feel trapped just so you know. Um, but it's just, it's just different. Life changes and things get, some things get harder, some things get easier. It's just different. <clears throat> so I don't know if any of you feel that way. When, I, when we lived in Indonesia, Erica will say this all the time. Erica's my wife, for those of you who don't know. She's not here today. Our children are sick still. Um, but back when we, we didn't have a house, we didn't have air conditioning, we didn't have Wi-Fi, we, there's a lot of things that we didn't have when we lived in Indonesia. And life just felt way more simple than it does now. Um, we live in a first world country and yet life is ever much more complex than when we lived in an emerging uh, country. <clears throat> you know, in the video, I talked about how when we focus on how things were, we, we lose sight of today, of what's happening right in front of us. What is it that's going on in my life? When I think about the past, I think I could get spun up, get stuck here. Anxiety or sadness. And I think at times it's okay. Like in Ecclesiastes, it tells us that there's a time for joy, there's a time for grieving, there's a time for sorrow. And so that's okay. 
But I think that we can often get caught in this pit of despair, and it's hard to get out, and we lose sight of what's happening around us. So life changes, and how we expected life to go isn't the way that it goes. Um, and so in, uh, in this psalm, the writer is talking about, <clears throat> well, we'll just read it. So be gracious to me, Lord, because I'm in distress. My eyes are worn out from frustration. My whole being as well. Indeed, my life is consumed with grief and my years with groaning. My strength has failed because of my iniquity and, and my bones waste away. Man, how sad does that sound? It sounds like someone who's really, really, really suffering. My bones just waste away. There's nothing. There's, there's a lot more context if you read the, for the full ver, uh, psalm. But <clears throat> in this moment, they're just feeling so stuck in that they're suffering in this place. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how do we remain thankful in times of suffering. And in my life, as I shared a couple weeks back, it did not go the way that I expected, as probably many of your lives hasn't gone the way that you expected. This is what I expected my life to look like. This is on a little boat in Indonesia. We're traveling upriver to support the church, the local churches in the villages. That's my son, Sean. And funny story, a fish jumped on that boat, and the little the lady that was with us, she grabbed it and she she snapped it in half, and then we ate it later. Um, so that's this like simple. I don't know. It just felt this is what I expected my life to look like. That's my house in Indonesia. I've never lived in this house. Uh, we built this house, and we plan to move into the jungle in Borneo to help start a junior high school for the for those kids that have to travel upriver for school for three to six hours. Their parents can't work. They take them there. They wait for the kids to get down to school, and they take them home. It's their whole day. They can't. They have no income, no nothing. So that's, that was the premise. That's what I expected my life to look like, to be here, living in this house, living next door to these guys. But that didn't happen. I said, Sean, in the picture there, passed away. That is not on the agenda of things that I wanted to happen. I love this picture because my daughter, Rafi, is just like, she wants, she talks about Sean all the time. She's like, just doing what he's doing. So awesome. <clears throat> but I, if life had gone the way that I wanted it to, and we still lived in Indonesia, I don't know if we would have Rafi. I don't know if we would have Anaya. I don't know if we would have Lulu, the three girls I have now. I remember when I had 
when we were going through stuff with Sean. Not Pastor Sean, my son Sean. And I remember when Sean was on his last day living on earth, um, I remember telling God, all of this that we've just gone through better not be for nothing. Something amazing better come out of this. I was really mad. I was so mad. I was so hurt. Something better. Some, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm still waiting for it. But my three girls have come out of it so far. So perhaps that's a way. And we named, all their names mean something really special to us. Like Rafi is, um, God heals. And her middle name is Joy. She's, and she is a Joy. And Anaya's God hears. Um, and her middle name is Hope. So God hears us and that gives us hope. And then Lulu is Grace. That's her middle name is Grace. She's like, a, Lulu was a hard one to name. All of them were, but um, in, in our life, in what we've suffered through, we felt like God is doing these things. God, please heal us. God, we know you hear us. That gives us hope. And please give us grace for the mistakes that we're going to make from dealing with this. And we have, I mean, <clears throat> so that's just, you know, I wouldn't have, we wouldn't have taken this no, you know, we wouldn't have, have done these things. Um, you can't see a nice face because everything's too big for her in this picture. Um, but being able to take and seize the moment, um, it's something that we learned. I don't know that I, I could say that I've always seized the moment in my entire life, even today. Like, I, don't, I definitely don't because I'm definitely a worn-out dad. Um, all of you worn-out parents know what I mean by that. Um, but it's something that I think God was teaching us in the midst of what was happening with Sean was to take advantage of the time that you have. There's also, for those of you that are struggling and suffering or have in the past, the, the, the reality is we all are suffering or have suffered, maybe differently, but it's not, a, it's not unique. All of us are suffering in some way. And there's no rules on how to deal with it. There's no rules on how to deal with death. No one, you don't learn that. You don't go to kindergarten and they start teaching you how to deal with that. The same way they don't teach you about taxes, Lisa. <laughs> we, we are all on this journey and experience of life and there's no... <clears throat> <laughs> There's no handbook that tells us what to do in situations. How do we deal with this? Well, I don't know. My, my friends, too, recently, um, my friends from college, they just recently lost their two-year-old. Um, like, what the heck, man? And so 
I share that because it's, it's just like, whoa, man, there's so much suffering and, and how do we come alongside people? And I remember people coming alongside us and people did things for us that I wouldn't have ever thought of to do. Um, I mentioned this last time, like Matt came and walked our dogs, which I never would have considered doing something so simple. Or people came to do clean our house and dishes and how do we come alongside people who are, who are suffering? Just doing small little things I think goes a long way. Um, and in and, and your suffering, I'm sure that you felt this before, but people mean well, but sometimes what they say doesn't sit well. You're like, just shut up and go away. Please. Like, I understand, but I don't want to hear it. Leave me alone. <clears throat> we often isolate in times of suffering. So I wanted to talk about the word thanksgiving. Um, because when we think of thanks, it's like, thank you. Right? Thanksgiving is a time to what, be thankful. In Scripture, um, in the Old Testament, the words that they used was more referring to like lifting up your hands. Um, to open and lift your hands is one response when you've been shown grace and kindness. So it's like expressing openness to the person who gave the gift in a way of acknowledging their graciousness. So that's when they're talking about Thanksgiving, a lot of times in the Old Testament, that's what they're referring to, is like lifting up your hands to God. Like, thank you for the graciousness that you've given us. Thank you for this gift. It's also a way of being open and like, we don't have anything. Like, we're just thankful. We, we, we aren't in control of this. In the New Testament, uh, mostly talking about, um, again, the root word is grace. So both are similar in that they're talking about grace. Um, but the, the meaning of the word thanksgiving in Scripture, I feel like, has a lot more depth than, than when I think about it in English. Um, because I don't think about opening my hands and like thanking someone for doing something. I, I'm just thinking, like, okay, thank you. I don't know. I, maybe that doesn't resonate with anyone, but that's kind of how I felt. When I think about the word thanks, it just seems not as rich. So when we're reading through this, we can think of some of these things. Um, if you've seen Star Wars, Anakin, he's suffering. I mean, I'll, and we all get to this point, like I mentioned, like, just go away. Like, I hate them. I, I just hate everything. My life sucks. How do I give thanks when I feel this way about my life. I make jokes. Some of it's kind of like feeling a little bit true, but sometimes I joke with friends like, dude, my life sucks. It's terrible. Um, there's a hint of truth in like how I really feel about that, about my life. If I'm being really honest with you all, which I am. Um, but then, you know, the reality of what God has done for us sets in. And I'm like, oh, it's, I guess it sucks, in my opinion, but God is still good. <clears throat> so some, some verses of thanksgiving. Um, we're faced with adversity. We're faced with suffering. But then we're admonished. We're told by God and by others who have gone before to be thankful in suffering. 
That is way easier to say than it is to do. So some of these, like in Romans, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Apologies, I have a note here I wanted to read. So we're we're a face suffering with abundant hope, right? In Romans. And then in James, which is the next one, consider it pure joys, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, insert the word suffering there of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. How? How do we count it all joy? And then last up there is uh, 1 Peter. Um, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So we're supposed to rejoice in the face of sorrow and suffering. But like how? <laughs> in, in, in those moments, it doesn't feel like we can do that. At least to me, it didn't. I had to wrestle through a lot to get to a place where I felt like I might be able to. And I think it more came afterwards where I felt thankful. And I don't think we all have just one season of suffering, unfortunately. <clears throat> okay. In Jeremiah, we're told... This, for I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. So we're waiting for this, for this day, we're waiting for this time where God does, replenishes our souls. When we're suffering, he's not far away. In the song we sang today, one of the lyrics that really stood out to me in regards to this specifically was, you're closer than the skin on my bones. That's crazy. Think about that for a minute. God's closer than the skin. Our, how can anything be closer to us than our own body? That's insane, but it's true. So he's not far away. He's not distant in our suffering. In fact, he's very close to us. There's a group of folks um, that are Jesuit, and they practice, I'm not sure if anyone's, maybe Linda has spoken about this before, um, but it's, they have this podcast called Pray As You Go. And one of the practices that they do, and, they, and <clears throat> the reason I'm sharing this is because I think it's profound. I don't know that I would be able to do it. I don't do this. 
but it's just something that was like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, they've made it a practice. I'm sure not all Jesuits, but the, these particular this particular sector group. Um, they made a practice to every hour, the last five minutes of the hour, they stop and they think back to the last hour and they thank God for what he had done in that hour. So it's a way <clears throat> for them in the midst of whether they're suffering or just not really paying attention to, to time and life around them to look back and see how God is actually moving in their life. Um, and in, in times where you're suffering and you feel like you're spinning, um, being able to do that and just notice where God is at in your life <clears throat> could be super helpful. It was for me, specifically. When I'm thinking and I'm walking and leaving the doctors and leaving the hospital, and I'm like, God, where are you? I don't see you in any of this. I don't understand what's happening. But then I look back <clears throat> in those moments, I, you know, whether I felt like he spoke to me or whether I looked back at the last little bit, what, whatever good news we got or whatever it was, you know, I, <clears throat> I tried to be thankful. But man, it's so hard. It's way harder than it sounds. So we're at, again, I, I mentioned at the beginning, we're at Thanksgiving time. We're at a time in America that we celebrate what we have. Celebrate what's going on in our life. Maybe not. Maybe we also feel like I got to go to my, you know, family's house that I don't really get along with and Listen to them talk about politics for five hours. Uh, <clears throat> thankfully, I don't have to do that, but there are some that might feel like that happens. I've been in places where that's happened. So in this time, in this space, in this season of life that we're currently in, how do we, how do we give thanks in what God is doing in our life? I think it's hard because we maybe don't want to face the things that are happening in life. Um, but I encourage you to, th to think about this as Thanksgiving is here and you get to think about your life and what you're really thankful for. And I mean, even right now, if I were to ask you what you're really thankful for, I'm curious what you might say. What has God been doing in your life recently? If you stop and think about your life, where is it that you see God moving? Where is it that you see God doing things? Because he is. I often, in, in youth group, and that's where I'm at most of the time is with the youth, um, I've been asked this question. I've, been doing it for five years, and I've been asked this question a lot. If God is good, if he's all-powerful, why is there still suffering in the world? Um, man, I wish I had a great answer for you. 
I mean, it all comes from sin. It all comes from, uh, thanks a lot, Adam and Eve, um, and the snake, whoever you are. Um, thanks a lot for that. Here we are today. Um, <clears throat> so it all comes from that. And then the question I get after that is, if there's suffering, why doesn't he just do something about it? Why doesn't he just stop it? Why doesn't he just fix the problem? <clears throat> I was talking to a buddy of mine this last week, and we were talking about this actually specifically um, because he's dealing with his own um, things that he's struggling through, selling home and um, finding mold in his house, and now he's got to pay the, up the wazoo to get it fixed in order to get it done. He's just like, ah, freaking out. <clears throat> and he goes, man, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and my suffering is really not like it's first world where I've been in other places in the world where suffering is way worse than what I'm experiencing. Um, <clears throat> but when we're thinking about things of suffering and we're talking about, God, why don't you do something? He did. He did do something. He sent Jesus, who then suffered for us so that we could have a relationship with him. And so he's in the midst of bringing all of this earthly garbage of suffering to wholeness. To a place where there isn't any of that anymore. And we get to look forward to that. And so I want to encourage you that in this time, whatever it is that you're suffering through, that there is hope. There's hope in Jesus. There's hope in that the pain that you're feeling now will end eventually. It'll still be painful along the way. And even this morning as I'm finishing up preparing, I'm just flooded with memories of emotions that I felt um, while going through all of what I'm going, what I, we went through with our son. Just sitting in the coffee shop, just weeping, and I'm like, please don't look at me. Um, but just the pain doesn't really go away. It kind of like feels distant a little bit to where you're not feeling it all the time, but I do get, I call it sideswiped. I get sideswiped every so often where it just like out of nowhere hits me. Sorry about that. God, don't yell at me. Um, <clears throat> so there is, there is hope. And, and again, I want to go back to that, um, this verse right here. For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. So whatever you're going through, again, he's not far. He's right there suffering with you because he loves you. And I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how I'm standing here today sharing these things. I don't know but it's by the grace of God that I am. Because he does replenish you in your soul. I'm, I was talking to Eric about this, and then we're going to wrap up. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I was talking to Eric about this. I was like, Eric, am I a hopeful person? Do I exude hope? And she's like, mm, maybe not as much as you used to. Um, and 
she didn't mean that in a bad way. But it's just like what we've been through. Uh, it's just like pain. You know? That pain can really set in and we can get stuck looking at it. And we can get stuck thinking about moving on from the pain when I don't really, I don't really agree with that statement of moving on. It's just my opinion. But I think it's okay to be where you're at in whatever place that you're suffering. You don't have to rush. Moving on. I don't like that word. Because I don't think we move on. I think we just move forward. We keep it with us, but we have to keep moving forward. The last thing, a lot of the sufferings in our life, whether it be something that we did or something that just happens to us, um, it's kind of out of our control a lot of times. So what do we get to do? And I want to watch this right here. So I, <laughs> I don't want to say I live my life by this, but kind of. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this scene's always been so impactful to me because it's a reminder to me that I'm not in control of what's happening around me. The suffering in this particular scenario, right? None, I wish none of this had happened. The ring coming to him, all this stuff. It's suffering for him, for Frodo, which, by the way, Samwise Gamgee is the real hero, but you know, Frodo, whatever. Um, um, But man, I wish none of this had happened. I think a lot of us feel that way. But we don't get to decide that. So what do we get to do? We get to decide what we do with our time. What am I going to do with my time? So I want to encourage you that as you're going to Thanksgiving and you're <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> with your family, you're thinking about your life and you know the the hurts, the pains, the suffering, that you can take a moment to think about what God has done and to use your time to to have to have hope in Him that He will replenish you, that He is with you, and that you're not alone. We're all in this journey of experiencing suffering together. And so we're going to take communion um, where we get to celebrate, but also it's kind of a weird word to use. Um, Celebrate that Jesus gave himself for us, but also give thanks to him for what he's done. 
um, in our lives. And he's still doing and he will do more. And so we'll, as we typically do, if you want to partake, just come up the center. We'll go around the side and we'll all take it together at the end. Um, But as you're taking this, just keep in mind of what he's done and what he's still doing in your life. And to give a moment to be thankful for those things. And so feel free to to come on up and, and we'll partake together. your kingdom come in my world and in my life. Give me the food I need to live through the day. And forgive me as I forgive the people that wrong me. Lead me far from temptation. When Jesus was with his disciples, he told them to take the bread and the wine and eat together in remembrance of his body that was broken and his blood that was spilled for us so that we could have a relationship with him. So let's partake together. God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. 
in the midst of our suffering. Thank you for giving us today this moment, this minute. Thank you that we're where we're at in this present moment. God, in the midst of our suffering, please help us to, to see what you're doing to know that you're close. I pray that you would bring hope to everyone here. In the hard, super big, difficult suffering, you need the small ones. The things that feel small. Help us to be present in the moment. Help us to be present with you. To be real and be okay with where we're at. God, would you help everyone in here just to have the best Thanksgiving they've had. There will be a time where they, can, they really feel your presence and I can identify the things and ways that you're moving in their life. Thanks for dying for us, even though you had to. I'm sorry that you had to do that. Thank you for suffering for us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer for anything, um, please feel free to come up. Um, there'll be some folks up here to pray for you. But otherwise, have a good Thanksgiving. I hope you guys enjoy your time with family, friends, whoever you're spending it with. Um, Love y'all.